if you were to curate a versus, who would you want to see? Dead or alive? I have to go with what's been posted on uh, social media a lot lately. Mm. I think it would be amazing in so many ways. Sade and Anita Baker. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Roseanne Thorns. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Roseanne Thorns podcast. I am P. Ryan. We are sitting in quarantine, and girl, the Lord turned the heat up, okay? It is full summer, and it came out of nowhere, but we are still in quarantine, and we are grateful to be here. I am so excited because I am here today sitting with actress, designer, radio personality, TV producer, friend, daughter, and child of God. You saw I read your resume? (laughs) Miss Tiffany Bacon, everyone. (laughs) How are you today? breathing on schedule it's i mean it's summertime outside but i got mm. my own personal summer going on inside so heard thus, you this is the fan yeah so. i can relate to both summers okay <laughs> you know i'd be sweating <laughs> Well, we are so glad to have you on the show today. Um, we usually just kick things off by having the guests tell you know the people about themselves so just give us a little a little bio if you will Oh, Lord, gee. Oh, my goodness. Okay. North Philly, born and raised in the schoolhouse is where I spend most of my days. Heard you. <laughs> hey, a whole lot of playground action for me. It was all in the, in the school on the porch. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? I've always been a creative person since day one. Um, so I've done a lot of creative things. I've been on radio now 30 years. This is my 30th anniversary in radio mm-hmm. acting forever doing public health work i've actually been working in public health now 20 years officially mm-hmm. i started in 2000 um so that's crazy to say what i've been doing that for 20 years and yes radio for 30 years um and just you know what i love creating and um creating anything but creating platforms for people is something that i really love the most. So if I have access to a platform, I do my best to open it up to other people who need some shine, who have something to say. And I love being able to do that. None of what I've done has been, excuse me, a hundred percent about me. Yeah. Yeah. And I am definitely a witness to that and can kind of back that up. Right. So I will always say when I reflect on how we met, I kind of met you in layers, right? I had just come back from St. Louis, fresh off of, you know, a master's in public health program in the city of Philadelphia with my little degree, trying to hustle and find me a little job, right? And so, you know, you talk about being in the schoolhouse. I met you down to the workhouse, right? And so I'm just like, yes, hey, you know, you're like, hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm like, hey, I'm Patrick, what's poppin', right? And you really became a mentor and laid the foundation of how I navigate the professional world, right? Like, you... <laughs> okay, we we had a little conversation before this started about just the Karens in the world, mm-hmm. and you really opened my eyes to just how to navigate the Karens. And sometimes, you know, you keep your mouth closed. Sometimes you you let your hands and your work do the talking, right? Um, but then, as I said, I started to understand who you were in layers, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'm hearing in passing, oh, you don't know Miss Tiff? You don't know Miss Tiff? And I'm like, who is Tiff? <laughs> you know, tell me more. 
next thing you know, I'm finding out that you are this radio legend, right? And I'm so glad to have you on the show, not only to talk about radio, but to thank you, not just for setting the foundation um, in the professional world, but you really opened up doors for me um, in the media world, right? I remember you took a chance on me and were just like, you know, I see you out here trying to do the music situation. Come on and spend some time down at the radio station. I'm like, where? (laughs) And I did not know what that would bring. All I was just like, is like, all right, let me see if I can be a good apprentice. (laughs) Okay. If she asks for something, let me try to work it out. If she needs something scheduled, let me see if I can, you know, what, like, what would the Devil Wears Prada, the homegirl from there, do? Right? <laughs> Hopefully, I was not nearly as. Oh, you, you were not Miranda. <laughs> well, I will say you were the complete opposite of Miranda, but I was so, mm, so motivated to just do a good job. And I did not know what that would, what would come of it, right? Next thing I know, I'm in front of Guapale. I'm in front of Chrisette Michelle sweating, just nervous, right? I'm in front of Tweet. And I'm not just thanking you for uh, opening doors and allowing me to experience these people and to just see the humanity um, behind celebrity, but also just thanking you to for giving me kind of like insight into what it is to be in media, really laying that foundation for and creating space for me to even curate a show like this one, right? Like it would not happen without your influence. And so, you know, in this time of people being here and then not being here the next day, I really want to give you your roses, right? And just let you know that I appreciate you to my core, to my being. So much. I really appreciate yeah. that. I really, really do. And that's why I said, you know, if I see somebody like really hustling and not just, you know, trying to scam their way into something, mm-hmm. that's one thing I, I really, I really have an issue with folks trying to scam their way into their success. Oh, heard you. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. I think some folks just don't know how to go forth in those things. They feel like they got to scam you into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I see that, most likely I check it or I check out mm. and I check out real, real quiet. Yeah. I don't need to make pronouncements on Facebook or <laughs> Instagram. Um, I did that a few times where I was like, what am I doing? Why do I need to make an announcement? No, I can just not be bothered and I'm good. Where do you think that, mm, where do you feel like they get the, 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 they feel the need to scam from? Does that make sense? Or like, you know, what has conditioned people to think like, okay, I can't just bring my authenticity. I can't just bring hard work into the space. I need to give you a gimmick. I need to give you a scam. I think it's varied. I am nobody's psychologist. I did not go to school for that. I didn't study that. (laughs) But I can't say just on some some basic level. It probably has to go to what um, any inadequacies that the person felt throughout their life Mm. you know they felt like just me as me isn't enough I have to do something else to be heard you know maybe they weren't heard at some place of their life or maybe they had the you have to be excellent and they knew they weren't excellent at the time so you have to do something else to appear excellent Mm. whatever that is whatever that comes from and I think it's very individual um but the point is everybody doesn't need to experience that so I'm, I'm okay saying, Hey, listen, I'm going to let you know, this is not, this isn't cool. You don't need to do that with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already going to be like kind and open the door. I will let you know though, once you cross a specific threshold and I'm, and I'm good, like, I'll be like, I'm good. I'm not going to trash talk you, yeah, but I'm good. 
you will get nothing from over here. Wow. <laughs> nothing. And, yeah. and that came through time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, time and experience. And there's a lot of experiences that I've had where I failed in how I responded. 90% of it was because it was new. Uh, no. 50% of it was because it was new. 50% of it was because it hurt. So I think I've learned how to manage hurt when it's not new. <laughs> I hadn't learned how to manage hurt when it was new. Like I've been hurt like this. I know how to deal with that. Yeah. Ooh, I ain't never been hurt like this before. Oh, let me figure it out. And so the response is not always amazing. Um, the best response sometimes is to let me fall back. Hmm. Let me assess it. Let me look at you and see what you're bringing. How much of that did I contribute? Wow. Okay. (laughs) And then let me decide how I want to proceed. And that's like the long and the short of all that. Yeah. So in every bit of distancing, and I know, you know, we just went down a road, but I love this road. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like in every bit of distancing, when you realize that you have been hurt, when you realize, okay, this situation may not be working. I love how you also included that piece of accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, let me see how I contributed to this dynamic, take ownership for that, but still kind of check the situation. Right. Mm. Right. Even Mm. if I know I am not blameless in something. And 90% of the time, we are not blameless in the things that happen. Yes. There is a 10% where it's like, yo, you got blindsided. (laughs) You were literally minding your business and this happened. We know that those things occur. But the rest of the time, it's like, there's something that you did that you could have not done to prevent some of this. It could have been a reaction. It could have been whatever. The point is, know what that is, but that doesn't mean that even if you recognize your blame, I hate that word, but mm-hmm. recognize your contribution. Your, mm-hmm. your contribution. Thank you. Even if you recognize your contribution, that doesn't mean you have to, to forfeit everything and just say, yes, you're right. Beat me over the head. Treat me like trash. No, you still don't. Heard you. <laughs> Heard you. <laughs> hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and that was the show. Everyone. <laughs> hilarious oh my goodness let me see if i can get back on track so listen (laughs) i love that oh my goodness now you are someone who is accomplished right you have accomplished a lot in what you've done you're accomplishing a lot in the moment even though we're shut in right not sick but shut in right and so i would love to touch on just a little bit of everything that you've done right um and I won't get into it because it really, I only have four sections and you've done more than four things. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Now, radio, you mentioned um, that you just hit 30 years on radio, right? So you are not new to this. You are surely true to this, right? <laughs> um, a little bit of your bio. You kind of started off at Temple University working um, at their Jazz FM station, right? Then you transitioned to B101. Then you went to Power 99. But let me say something, okay? <laughs> and this was when, <laughs> and this was a part of me learning who you were when I was down to the public health job, right? Mm-hmm. You were not just at Power 99, Right. You were at Power 99 when Power 99 was Power 99. Right. And that is um, for those who are from Philly, you know, from those who are in the tri-state area, you know, from those who may not even be from this area, you know. Okay. (laughs) So 
that is something significant. Then you moved on to Praise 103.9 again, heavy hitter. Okay. I remember Praise 103.9 from back in the day, getting my praise on. Yes. Now you're at 103 R&B. You're the host of the Word TV. Um, so when I think of you, I really do think of someone who not only has acquired success, but who has also acquired longevity. And I think that is something that we don't pay a lot of attention to, right? The key is not just having like a hit here and a hit there. The key is not just having one bit of success and then, okay, we sit down. But when you're able to acquire longevity, that really is the marking of someone who's, you know, put their stamp on this world. Um, But I'm curious, right? Because all of that shows me that you live a really passion-driven, a purpose-centered life, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, Growing up, did you ever have the option of a different career path or did people ever try to sway you and be like, radio girl, you ain't going to make no money. Ain't nothing going to come of that. (laughs) Okay. So what's really interesting is that growing up, I always had, okay, it was a really interesting double situation. I always had support. I was creative, like I said, from day one. Mm -hmm. I wanted to dance. So my mom put me in dance school when I was three years old. So I started dancing at three. That was my first love. I thought I was going to be an Alvin Ailey, Philodanko, Dance Theater of Harlem dancer. That's what I initially wanted to be. Whoa. Okay. That was my initial goal in life. But here's, this is, (laughs) this is God. Let me just, let me just explain how God has worked in my life. Tell us. I can say now as a 49 year old woman. I have been in some way, shape, or form everything I was or wanted to be as a child. And that was because my mom didn't tell me no when I wanted to try something creative. She fostered that. Now, if there wasn't enough money to do all of the things, there would, she would allow me to figure things out or find ways to help you know, foster my creativity and give me that space. So initially, I wanted to be a dancer. God said no, because I was also a gymnast, broke my leg at age 11, jacked myself up. Mm -hmm. Then I had this called Osgood Slaughters, whatever. It's something with your tendons and your knees. So all of that combined meant I needed to sit down during a very critical time in my growth. So there was years when I wasn't able to dance because I had issues with my knees. Yeah. While I was sitting down, I felt I was always in love with TV, but I was in love with creating stories. So I had to watch TV all the time because I was held up in the house for like three, four months with a busted leg. Couldn't leave, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. So I was watching my favorite TV shows and I was writing my own versions of it. So that made me want to get into communication. But because I was a little kid who liked to talk, yakety schmackety all the time Mm -hmm. when i was six my mom gave me a tape recorder and she was like talk into this because mommy's tired so i would walk around the house talking into this tape recorder all the time i always had a lot of dolls and how i played with my dolls was to set them up like school and so i pretended to be a teacher when i was playing with my dolls i had them in rows like you are in schoolhouse with paper and I would take a pen with a little doll hand and write and, and teach. So I was teaching, I was talking into a microphone. I was dancing and I was creating all before 
the age of 10. So as I got older and started thinking about career and it looked like I wouldn't have dance as a career because I felt like I missed those critical years to make that a career choice. Yeah. I started leaning into the communication side of things. So when I got to high school, I had interest in radio, but honestly, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I was so inspired by Spike Lee. Um, when I saw the first Spike Lee movie I saw was uh, School Days. And I was encouraged to go to college and I was encouraged to make films. Yeah. The year I graduated from high school was 89, which is when Do the Right Thing came out. And I was really like, oh, I have something to say. I have commentary on what's going on in our world. I will use film as the medium to do that. I get to Temple and I meet someone who said, well, first of all, I had work study. They said, well, you should get a job in the field that you're studying in. Because I studied radio, television, and film at Temple. And they said, you should go to the radio station. RTI has work study jobs. Okay. I go there. And my job was a receptionist. I answered the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then you had the intercom system where the receptionist would push the button and you would say throughout the building, so-and-so you have a call on line one, so-and-so you have a call on line two, whatever. So one of the, uh, the, uh, public affairs producer, she came to me and she said, you have a really nice voice. Have you ever thought about being on air? And I was like, well, I mean, I did one little student thing on KYW back in high school and, I was on the radio in France at one point. I was interviewed in France as a as an exchange student. So I had like okay, <laughs> yeah, child. Parlez-vous français? Parlez-vous français un peu? A little bit, um, but <laughs> I, I said I only had like two little things in radio. Yeah, okay, I'll try it. Thirty years later, so in that in that space, mm. there were people who would say. You know, it's hard for women in this business. It's a male-dominated business. It's hard for women. And I developed the idea that that might be your story, but that's not my story. So I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you, but I'm not you. And that was my response to all of the the Mm. naysayers at the time. I was very focused. Um, There was little that anyone could say that would steer me from a specific goal. Yeah. Boys, as cute as they were, are. Um, I'm about to throw this whole computer. (laughs) That's what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. I I don't know, for whatever reason, I was even able to stay focused on my career to the point where I wouldn't let a guy take me off that journey. And when I thought I would, there was one guy that I met where I was like, I'm willing to give it all up and just be his wife and sit there and have babies and clean the house. God ended that relationship immediately. And I was like, what, what, what? That was not my, my purpose. Yes. There are so many things that are just coming up for me and I just have to call them out before I lose them. First and foremost, it's, it's wild how the people that you connect with have similar experiences, right? Because you're talking about how you would sit with your dolls and teach them when you were younger. Child, I did the same thing, okay? Ah! And I mean my dolls, okay? (laughs) So you are a teacher by nature. Yes, just sitting them down, pretending that I was, you know, in a classroom and teaching them different things, right? Another theme that's coming up for me is your journey from dance into kind of like recording and then moving into radio. And what's coming up in my spirit is sometimes God has to sit you down to raise you up to where you need to be. 
Sometimes we think, okay, this is the path, right? And this is pulling, this is reminding me of things like even in my high school experience, sometimes we think we have one trajectory and God is like, nah, sit down, whether it's physically sit down, whether it's metaphorically sit down so that you can get on the right track. And then this other aspect of focus, ma'am, you just took my wig and threw it across the room. Right. <laughs> I didn't mean to snatch your edges today. I'm sorry. <laughs> because how many times do we allow people or circumstances or situations to really get us off focus yep. to the point where sometimes for some of us it's too late, yeah. right? It becomes too late. Honestly, I can say I don't, I don't necessarily believe in things being too late. Oh yes. Get me together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe in that. What I do believe is if something didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Regardless of time, mm-hmm. you could have done all these things in your twenties or in your teens, and it still might not have happened. Because if it wasn't supposed to be for you, then it's not going to come that way. And mm-hmm. sometimes we have to. There's a balancing act in your prayer life that you have to 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 work with to say, all right, am I willing to accept that this thing that I love so much is not for me? And sometimes you have to get to a point where you're like, you know what? It's about what I'm supposed to do over what I want to do. And those things sometimes show up in rejection. Yeah. Show up in constant derailment. So if I can give you a quick story about that. Please. My first love was dance. Yeah. And I asked you a question and I just went on. So I'm sorry. Let me say, can I give a quick story about that? No, no. Yeah, please. I'm quiet. (laughs) No, no. I I hate when people do that to me. So I just realized I'm checking myself. I asked you a question and then ignored the fact that you needed to answer it. No, please. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Um, As I mentioned, my first love was dance. When my, when my life, my body said, I'm not growing anymore. You're just going to be 5'2", boo. That's it. <laughs> my doctor basically cleared me and said, okay, you can be as active as you want. You're not going to have all these issues with your knees. So I still had this love for dance. And there were various times in my life, even with the radio career, mm-hmm. even with introduction of the public health career, different times where I was trying to restart that dream, even to the point where I went back to Danko took class and asked Joan Myers Brown if I could audition for Danko. And she said, if you get yourself together, sure. So I was on a track to get back and say, let me fulfill this dream of dance. Don't you know I jacked myself up again? Wow. I had an accident and busted my ankle real good. Like real good. Had to sit down again. Every single time I tried, Mm-hmm. To put that into my career life, mm-hmm. something physically would happen to me and I had to sit down. So after the third time of jacking up my leg or my ankle, I said, clearly, I'm not supposed to do this because every time I try, I hurt myself. So I was angry with God for a while because everybody else said, you're very good. If you see me at a party, you know, I get down on the dance floor. That's the first thing that popped up in my head. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you said dance. <laughs> play no games i've seen the material mm-hmm. okay choreographies and all mm-hmm. <laughs> but the point is i had this love and ability and was like co-signed by other people in the field of dance who said you could be an amazing dancer and mm. i was held back from it so anger ensued turning inside 
Then I lost my job at Power 99. 2007. 2006, I got laid off. And that was the first time in my life where I didn't, in my adult life, where I didn't have a radio station attached to me. And I was going through an identity crisis. Like, oh, snap. Not only do I not have any place to go, I don't even know what to do right now. My whole identity is fused with radio. I had to accept maybe it's time that I move on. Well, in a few months, I was given the opportunity to be a teacher. Let's go back to that me doing dolls thing. That opportunity, I, I was I was not a trained teacher, although I've taught throughout my life. I've taught workshops and you know stuff like that, but I had not been an in the classroom five days a week, eight hours a day teacher. And I was given that opportunity, one, because of my work at Power 99, two, because I had already at that point created my own theater company. And so people knew me mm-hmm. for having some expertise in theater. So I was hired to be a theater teacher. Then they found out that I dance. They said, would you mind teaching a class in dance? Sure. The year that I started teaching, I had a whole bunch of students who had no dance experience and about 35 or 40 percent of them had no interest in dance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. To the point where some of the boys disrespectfully were like, I want to take this class is gay. First of all, I'm going to need you to rework your whole conversation. Heard you. Number one. Number two, I think it's dumb that you're willing to give up your opportunity to graduate from this school because you just don't want to take my class. That's all the way up to you, though. Mm -hmm. Whatever. As I was teaching the class, I noticed that what I presented to the young people was giving them the opportunity to build on their own uh, inner strength, teach them not to quit, teach them to back away from the idea of I can't give them an opportunity to present themselves in a way that no one had seen before. So what I did was I, I, for their final um, project and, and the last year that I, I taught was the year that Michael Jackson passed. So we did this challenge, this Michael Jackson challenge. Um, So for half of the class, I I would teach them, and like each class would um, choose a Michael Jackson video out of a hat. I would teach them the original choreography from the video. But for the remainder of the song, they had to come up with their own choreography based on what Mm -hmm. I had taught them throughout the class, uh, throughout the semester. It gave them the opportunity to learn how to work together um, learn how to lead and to fall back mm. and build on a skill they didn't necessarily have before. Mm-hmm. I gave them a, a platform to perform um, downtown at the Arts Bank, which is attached to the University of the Arts in South Philly. They performed on a stage. They had costumes. They had makeup artists. And almost everybody in the school came out to see them, their parents, their friends, all that other sort of stuff. And for most of the young people, they never had anybody come out and support them like that. And at the end of that semester, the youth would come to me and say, school feels different now because people see me differently. Or I never, my mom never came to see me in anything. This was the first time my mom came to see me in something. Or it felt good to be on stage. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs a stage to show off what they can do. So at that point, I'm trying to like take up all your time. No, (laughs) no, this is your time. Okay. (laughs) This is your time. Um, at that point, I realized that my love for dance 
was not for me. Mm. It was for me to curate, to give to somebody else. And I surrendered it at that point in time. I stopped being angry with God. I realized every part of my life ain't about me. So you had all this time, all this love, all Mm. this experience, all this ability so that you can help somebody else recognize that and do something with that and stop being selfish all the time. That's what the dance part of my life was about and why it was a career, but it was a gift to give to someone else. And that's why I say sometimes we have to learn everything we want ain't for us in the way that we want it. Mm. <laughs> I am speechless. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That yeah, was a lesson. That was a, a big, put your big girl pants on and realize you have a lot of gifts in this world mm-hmm. and some are for you to give away. Yeah. Now, even though dance did not manifest in the way that you wanted it to manifest, right? There are some things that did, mm-hmm. right? And so I heard you earlier in this um and kind of you sharing your story, talk about how you wanted to be in TV, right? And I remember a part of my experience of you is not just in radio, it's not just in the public health setting, but it's watching you really pay your dues, right? And put in work to make an acting part of you happen, right? The thespian side of you happen. I remember you being like, all right, gotta leave in Philly now, going to New York, <laughs> right? And I used to look at you like, ma'am, you are doing a lot. <laughs> you right. But the seeds that you sow really flourish and become things, right? And so I'm just even thinking about how, you know, you have been on stage plays. You talked about how you want to be involved in uh, radio, in video, excuse me. You are a producer, right? You have worked um, as a SAG actor with, y'all ready? Leon. Okay, let that hit. Let that sit in your spirit. Leon, okay? Hey, Cynthia Bailey. Hey. Hey. (laughs) And so it just shows, you talk about kind of like God's timing, but I I would love for you to talk just a little bit more, right? Because you being able to accomplish these things recently shows us that there really is no time limit. Just like you said, right? And you talking about how, like, if you don't accomplish things, then maybe it just wasn't for you, right? What lessons have you learned in regards to just, like, timing and the ways that we kind of expect things and make plans and, mm. yeah. I think 2020 is a great example of why sometimes you just got to roll with stuff. You can make all the plans you mm. want, and then other things will happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. Heard you. Heard you. <laughs> 2020 is the ultimate world example of that. Um, In terms of timing, I think, again, like, uh, I was supposed to do radio when I, when I did it, you know, I started it at 19. I had interest in being an actor. I was doing like little plays here and there, had my headshots done. I thought I could go full head on trying to be an actor and in radio at the same time. And the Lord sat me down and was like, boo-boo, you need to focus. Mm. You need to focus. Um, so I put that aside, threw all my eggs in the radio basket, and it worked for a while. Then I learned another very important lesson. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. 
Because what happens if the basket breaks? Good morning. <laughs> Somebody done stole your basket. What you going to do? So, you know, lessons, timed lessons. Yeah. Uh, that time I needed to do what I did. That was what was needed for that time. Then it was no longer that time. We are not living in the 1990s world, like living single. It's not a 90s kind of world anymore. Yes. I still got my girls, but it's Heard you. <laughs> you know, um, so you have to change. Yeah. When it was time for, for theater to emerge as more of my focus, there were things that were happening in radio where I was just like, I still have a career. I don't know. I was like mm. kind of theatering. I was holding on, but I wasn't quite sure what was going. There was a lot of change, um, constant change to the point where I was just like, man, I don't know. And then in my other world, there was a lot of stress, new type of stress I never experienced before. One of the amazing things about studying acting and theater, it gives you a space to just feel feelings. You need to feel things. In this professional world, you need to hide feelings. You almost have to be robotic. Ma'am. not express yourself the way that you would. And as we see from recent events, you just being you is a threat to some. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's only so much of that bobbling in you can do without doing complete harm to yourself. So I got tired of keeping that stuff in. Um, and I said, you know what? I had taken like two different rounds of really intense acting workshops here in Philly. And I said, maybe this is the direction that I need to go. It's already, it's always been in me. Um, in 2013, in 2012, I was asked to be in a play and I hadn't been on stage in a while. I got on stage and it felt like home. It was so much like comfort around being on stage, doing the work with other actors. It felt amazing. So I took these two uh, workshops and then I started like booking all these roles. And mm. I'm thinking to myself, wait, wait, pause, hold up. What you mean? Everything I went out for, I booked. Mm. And like major roles yeah. in, in theater. So I was doing like fences and... Um, Ruined. Lenata just ruined. Oh, ruined. Think all these amazing roles here in Philly. And folks were looking like, what? You, you act? Wait, what? what, what act down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a whole lot of that. And I was like, oh, snap. Maybe I... These are signs. When things like that happen, that means you need to pay attention and go with it. So I went with it. And it got to a point where it's like, I need to be really, really good at this. Mm. <laughs> Let me stop playing around and actually get some training, like yeah. some really training. That's when I found out about the program in New York. I thought about going to get my master's, but that money said, no, boo, you can't be without a job for three years. Heard you. you don't have it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I clear. Good morning. I still got to work, but I want this, I want this um, information. I, I want this training. So, Thankfully, I was given the opportunity to leave work early on Wednesday, go to New York, Wednesday and Saturday, and I did that for two years, graduated in May 2018. Mm. Um, and in, in so many ways, it, it was completely timely because the amount of stress I was under 
going to New York twice a week was like a respite for me. It was therapy. It gave me a chance to get away from the foolishness that was going on um, Mm -hmm. and a place to dump my emotions where I would have imploded otherwise. And we all need some place, some way to release all of this that goes on in our heads. Especially in these times, right? So, like, one thing that I'm just trying to push, um, even as, like, a mental health professional, is just emotional awareness, sitting with feelings, even though they may be uncomfortable, that is the number one way to be kind to yourself. Allowing pain, right? Allowing whatever emotion it is to just sit, knowing that it's not going to stay forever, but sit and be curious about it right? What lessons can you learn from this emotion that you're feeling? And I think so many of us, specifically, you know, Black people, right? We have been conditioned through our history and even through some of the things that we experience in life that we have been conditioned to feel like emotions are actually weakness, mm-hmm. right? You shouldn't have a space to be expressive. You shouldn't have a space to, to sit and process what you're going through. What you need to do is just be strong. Mm-hmm. Pray about it, right? Yes. No, you need to feel it. You need to deal with it. One thing I learned is that, (laughs) because I did that, I did the hold it in, strong black woman thing. Mm. This has been through so much and, you know, how they got through. And yeah, here's the thing though. Everybody has a limit. Mm. How much you can hold it. It comes out in so many ways. For some folks, it comes out in violence. Some folks, it comes out in self-medication. Some folks, it comes out in being crotchety and nasty. Some folks, it comes out in being extremely judgmental in others. Some folks, it comes out in overeating. Some Mm. people, it comes out in all of the above. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't think your strength and holding all this stuff in, not dealing with it, not letting it out, not giving yourself permission to feel the feelings and let it out. Don't think that that's not manifesting into something. You might have an early onset disease. Mm. You might have a heart condition. Um, Your mental health may be eroding. Mm -hmm. You might not have any friends anymore because people are like, I can't stand to be around you because you're so damn mean. Mm. There's a whole lot Mm. of things that could be going on if you're so strong and you hold it in. You have to let it out some kind of way. Um, if it's therapy, do that. For some folks, it's dance. Let me move my body and I feel better. Yes. Let me go on stage and I can cry my eyes out because it's already right there and I can feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, let me crochet. Let me help others. Let me pour into somebody else's life so that I can release the crap that's going on in mine. Yeah. Whatever the case is, we have to find that thing that allows us to say, I feel that crap. Um, I'm not angry at myself for feeling like crap. I will not continue to feel like crap forever, but I do feel like crap. And you and your little whatever that is you got going on in your life are not going to diminish me for feeling like crap because yes. I'm acknowledging that that's what I feel right now. And it has nothing to do with you. So hi, take your opinion. And go over there because I didn't ask. I did not ask for that. <laughs> I feel like consent should not just be for sex. Mm-hmm. I did not enter this conversation or your opinion. Do not share that with me. Thank you. Mm. In the words of Iyanla, <laughs> you do not have permission. <laughs> okay. I am reclaiming my time. 
<laughs> I am truly just so full off of this. Let me tell you something about these questions that I had for you. Throw them out. Okay. <laughs> Throw them out. I'm full off of this right here. Um, and just to respect your time, I do, however, want to just highlight um, one thing. I'd be totally remiss if I didn't touch on this when I have you in front of me. Not only have you done radio, not only have you done teaching, not only have you done dance, not only have you done um, TV, right? You are a designer, right? <laughs> and the reason why this is, I have to highlight this. I remember um, at the job that we worked at, they did like Halloween competitions. <laughs> Ma'am, and you came through, as, I, I just worked on this. You came through as the queen of hearts one year. Yes. And I believe it was Minnie Mouse the other year. Yes. When I tell you costumes, <laughs> costume design, right? And so I just saw from there you had a gift, right? But then next thing I know, you step on the scene with your own brand, right? Motif Designs. That's M-O apostrophe T-I-F-F, right? Motif Designs. Your baby is three years old. You have a full toddler when it comes to this fashion game, yes. right? And it has just garnered so much success. Not only have you done, had successful pop-up shops, you have been featured in Philly Fashion Week. Um, your designs in the Loving My Curve show for Philly Fashion Week made its way to CBS, right? So you d- you've been down to the news. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we had a conversation recently about how COVID, right? Got to be relevant, right? <laughs> how COVID really impacted your, um, your line in this season, right? And so I would love for you to share about that, but not just share about that. As a woman of faith, I'm wondering what this moment has done to your faith and what lessons that it's taught you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So first, how it affected, like, okay, nobody's buying clothes when you're in the house. 10 weeks, 10 plus weeks, we're in the house. Mm. Nobody's buying gowns or cute little sets, because who's going to see them? Nobody. Mm. We're in the house. Mm. And there's a big question mark as to when, we're, when we do go out, and I know um, Philadelphia County is moving into the yellow zone, which means more businesses will open up, but you know, you're still not going to have gatherings of more than 25 people. People are trying to figure out what this new COVID life looks like. So there's a big question mark on everything. Um, so with that, you know, a lot of designers, including like big time designers, mm-hmm. have switched to, you know, providing PPE or making masks and things of that nature. Um, I definitely started doing that. People were requesting that it's a demand now. It's a it's a request from the CDC that people wear masks when they go outside for additional protection. Some places it is mandatory. If you go to the market, you need to have a mask on. They're gonna ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, type, you're mm-hmm. on public transportation, all that. Um, so that's that became like okay, this is what we're dealing with. You gotta switch and move with it um, and figure it out. In so many ways, this time of sit down reminds me of back when I was 11 Mm. and I broke my leg and sit down. I was in the house with a busted leg, could not move, could not get out of bed without assistance for three months. 
and it made me think. It made me reevaluate because I had nothing else to do. I had to think, have to reevaluate. This time of sit down for me um, and my faith, I haven't panicked through this. I almost feel like it, not almost. For me, it was a gift. I am not lost on the amount of lives that have been lost to this. I'm not lost on the amount of devastation to people's pockets, livelihood, everything else. I'm not lost on that. Um, This is a serious thing. For some of us, it was a blessing because when else do we have an opportunity to sit, reevaluate, rest, because Lord knows I was short on that. Jesus, Father God, rest. I'm working from home. So I get the opportunity to still receive a paycheck, do my work, but be comfortable in my home while I rethink my life, while I let certain things come to me and let certain things leave me, go from me. Mm -hmm. Um, This has increased my faith in that, I don't know, we might have had this conversation a long time ago when we had certain stress at the job. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a, There was a whisper. I get these whispers, not in a you need to take medication kind of way, but I get these whispers, Mm -hmm. um, spirit whispers that always would tell me just because other people are freaking out doesn't mean you need to freak out. You stay still. And I watch that play out all the time. I would see people freak out about stuff and I would get caught up in it and then it would be a little tap on my shoulder. Why are you freaking out though? That's them. Yeah. Taking me back to before when people weren't, when I wouldn't allow people to get me off focus. I don't care. Oh, I'm sorry. Your media career didn't work out. I'm not you. This ain't my journey. I'm being reminded in this time of COVID that all these other journeys ain't necessarily my journey. Be there to support, be there to be a service, but stay focused. You have a journey. Remember what that is. Remember who you are. I'm hearing like um, I'm I'm hearing um, Angela Black Panther. Tell them who y'all are. (laughs) Because being so busy, doing so much, not giving myself proper rest, not taking care of myself properly, made me forget. I heard other people's voices about me, other people's opinions about me, over my own opinion. About me, and I needed this COVID time back all that up <laughs> and say, no, 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 no. That is not who you are. Remember who you are, so you can get back to doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm sorry. This is a podcast on life and relationships, and you have really. <laughs> just covered it all, right? <laughs> you have covered. And so I appreciate you for being on here today. And, you know, I'm not, I had some questions about relationship, but shoot, maybe we'll have you on for part two because okay. this, when the spirit says this is enough, this is enough. I'd love for you to um, complete a sentence for me. Sure. Happiness is. Mm. Mm. Happiness and freedom and self-love. I don't think you can really have it without those two things. Yeah. And freedom is more than just 
what's talked about in terms of like American old glory, but freedom is even in the midst of foolishness, you can decide I'm going to find joy in the midst of all this sorrow. You can decide. Everybody else is telling me I ain't nothing. I decide that I am. Freedom to move about, uh, freedom to be bold enough to go against the grain, even when everybody else tells you you're crazy. Hearing people say you're crazy and ignoring them because you know you're on a purpose. Freedom. <laughs> and self-love. You got to love yourself enough to be bold enough to do that. Heard you loud and clear. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Miss Tiff, thank yeah. you so very much. We are just going to switch into one last section of this podcast sure. called Spin the Rose Bottle. Uh oh, Sugarfoot. Watch out there now. <laughs> I don't have no rose though. I got water. Listen, it's early. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't be like me, Miss Seeley. Okay. <laughs> oh my life. All my life, I had a bottle of rosé. <laughs> Ooh, child, don't say that. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's too late to call DHS on your parents. So it's okay. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. Take that back. <laughs> now, when we spin the rosé bottle, throughout this whole podcast, I have been asking you questions. Um, but I would love to give, I always like to give the interviewees a chance to ask me a question that I have to answer. It can be juicy, it can be dry, it can be nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you ultimately want to do with your podcast? Mm, come on, purpose question. Mm-hmm. Multiple things. I think just building off of you saying your gift is not just for you. I really want to curate a space that Black people can listen into and be inspired to reflect on their journeys with life and relationships. Mm. Nice. Um, oh, I think. Do I, get, do I get one or two? Oh, we can allow for two, but I, I want to give you part B of my answer too, because there is also a a bit of a, you know, a lot of times we do things, but there's also a part of us being motivated for selfish reasons, one could say. Yeah. Um, and I think as I'm having conversations with others about life and relationship, I'm also making sense of life and relationship for myself. Um, and also trying to present a, trying to present myself as layered as I am. Mm. So I think my journey, especially in this doctoral program, you hear Similar, you know, you hear people telling you who you are, right? And people have been telling me there's only one way to be a psychologist. You have to be buttoned up. You can't disclose too much. You need to be cautious of what you put out there. But that isn't true to who I know I am, mm. right? And so I also want to use this platform to really present the layers that are P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the craziest thing someone has ever said about you that you're mad at because you know it's true? Ooh. Ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Ooh, I have to think. The craziest thing someone has said about me. And you're mad at it because you know it's true. Oh, child. Mm. 
here you go getting into my business <laughs> okay, no, 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 no i'm gonna answer it because i okay. think it's gonna help somebody else too gotcha. um so we're doing this podcast now by the time people listen to it i will i will be in atlanta georgia um completing my or going through my doctoral internship right but before that i um was going on interviews to see you know where I would potentially be matched. One of those interviews was at Howard University. Um, and it was a change for me because um, so often I'm the only Black man in both of the cohorts that I've been in in this program. I have been the only Black man in a lot of uh, the practicum spaces that I'm in. So going to Howard was so refreshing because it was it just felt great to be interviewed and to be kind of loved on even in just a day by Black people. But one thing that was said to me a um, professional at Howard looked at me and was just like, you have imposter syndrome. Mm. Wow. And I was just like, tell me more, right? Because I'm thinking I'm giving you, you know, polished. I'm giving you a crisp suit. I'm giving you my little alpha pin. Like I am giving you, you know, <laughs> and he looked at me and he was just like, you're giving the right answers. You know what you're talking about, but I can still see that you're second guessing everything that you're saying. And that is imposter syndrome. And I am mad to this day because it's true. Wow. I think I try, I go into spaces and there's a part of me that does feel confident. There's a part that affirms myself where I'm just like, yes, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. I'm also open to learning, but then in every space, you name it, it happens. There's like a wave of anxiety that, mm. and there's a small voice that's just like, somebody's going to figure out that you're not supposed to be here. Mm. Somebody's going to figure out that you're not qualified. Somebody's going to pull the, the curtain back mm-hmm. and be like, uh-uh, this one got to go. Wow. And I'm working, I'm trying to be intentional about fighting that voice. Yeah. Wow. hmm Amazing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snatch those edges again. But... No, it's fine. I, I'm bald. Okay. <laughs> That's just by the end of this. I'm just bald. I love it. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your show today. Listen, thank you for coming on. I did not know my spirit was going to be this full. Oh, so good. Are there any projects um, you want to plug? Do you want to replug motif designs? Anything? Yeah, M-O-T-I-F-F, designs.com. So it's double entendre. Um, it means more things that TIFF does. Those do a lot. Yes. It also means a cultural distinctive feature or dominant idea in fashion apparel and accessories, a decorative design or pattern on clothes and accessories. So I just reworked the actual definition of a motif um, and worked it in for fashion and what I do. So please check that out. I have new things. I'm doing home goods now as well, since we are at home. Yes. Um, I am reselling some candles from some awesome uh, entrepreneurs. Yes. There is, I don't know if I have, oh, in case you don't use video, there's one uh, company I'm selling their candles and they do candles based on your favorite drinks. So the Mojito candle I have for sale and the Pina Colada candle I have for sale. And honey, when I say they smell amazing, they smell amazing. That sounds yum. That sounds very yummy. Listen, it smells so awesome. I was like, ooh, child. I don't even, ooh, I don't even drink like that. And I'm like, <laughs> who 
this thing is amazing. Um, and then I'm selling a candle. It's a eucalyptus mint candle. So if you like mm. that smell of a spa in your house, this is definitely your candle. So um, our homes have become our workspaces. So we have to create that balance. Yeah. Turn parts of our homes back into a sanctuary to kind of deal with COVID and racism and everything else that's going on in this world that keeps you like, oh my God, I'm tired. You have to have some place where you can just be like, mm-hmm. release, as Whitley Gilbert once said. Um, so we have to have that. So I have those for sale as well as masks if you're still looking for fashionable face covering. Um, I have that and we'll get back to fashion. I took a lot of the fashion off. I realized we ain't going to wear them. So um, as things start to reopen, if you do go back to work, you're going to want something cute to wear. And so I'll roll that back out in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Where can the people find you on your social medias? Yes, you can find uh, all of Motif Designs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And you can find me, Tiffany Bacon. My moniker is uh, Groove City Lady on Instagram. Uh, I'm Tiffany Bacon on Facebook and on Twitter. And yeah, I think that's it. Perfect. Thank you again so much for being on. And guys, I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Rose and Thorns, a P. Ryan podcast. You can find Rose and Thorns on Instagram and Twitter at Rose and Pod. That's R O S E N T P O D. And you can find P. Ryan on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. Ryan. That's I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. See you next time.